This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp.com. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, or live chat sessions with your therapist, and it's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Now, as a special offer to Surviving Narcissism listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com Surviving Narcissism Podcast. So join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself. Now that's betterhelp.com slash Surviving Narcissism Podcast. And thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Welcome to this week's episode of the Surviving Narcissism Podcast. I am Michelle, the Program Director, and I would like to start this episode with a quick introduction. For those of you not familiar with Surviving Narcissism, it is a product of many years of work done by Dr. Les Carter. Dr. Carter is a best-selling author and therapist with more than 40 years of experience specializing in anger management and narcissistic personality disorder. This week, Dr. C's topic will be Potty Comments from Narcissists. Hello, Team Healthy. Dr. C here, and I'm really pleased to have you. All right, here's what I'm wanting to do. Today, I'm going to be talking with you about haughty comments made by narcissists. And as soon as I say that, I imagine plenty of you are already nodding your head saying, oh, yeah, bring it on because I've heard them. I've heard them all. One of the things I'm wanting to do in the podcast is I want to make sure that we address this whole topic of narcissism from a, a more pragmatic, hands-on, in-your-home kind of a vantage point, as opposed to simply talking about it academically. You know, academia, uh, they draw from the uh, DSM, the, uh, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, and when they can talk about narcissism, which is fine. We need that. We need to have definitions. But after 40-plus years in the counseling office, and then most of you know that I have my YouTube channel, and I receive so many comments from so many viewers literally across the globe uh, that give me an insight as to what you're dealing with, I'm wanting to make sure that we talk about this topic uh, from the, uh, the layperson's point of view. So what I'm doing here today is I'm going to begin by reading several comments that I've received from my audience uh, that that uh, uh, indicate some of the comments they have received from the narcissists in their world. So I'm going to go through these, and I want to see if there are some of these that you might be able to nod your head and say, oh, yeah, I've actually heard that same one. And then we're going to uh, make some comments about what's going on with these haughty comments. Why do narcissists go into this kind of space? <clears throat> and I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, foreshadow and let you know uh, of course, these comments that I'm going to read here uh, do have that haughty element, but some of them are just downright stupid, okay? <laughs> and just make no sense, but there it is, and that's part of their haughtiness. So, uh, with no further ado, here's the first comment that I want you to hear. Uh, one person says, my narcissist would tell me, I never had a problem before you. So uh, let's suppose this person was 25 years old, 40 years old, 52, I don't know. And so they've got this strongly narcissistic person in their life. 
and apparently they're having some sort of strain and difficulty and conflict. So the narcissist comes along and said, you know, I just have never had problems until you showed up in my life. Now, what are the odds that the person that wrote this, it's like, well, you know, there are over 7 billion of us on this planet. And I found the one person that has no problems. <laughs> How about that? You have to be pretty haughty and, and frankly, oblivious to common sense to say something like that. And yet when narcissists come against you, that's the kind of mindset, that's the kind of thinking that they draw upon. Or how about this next one? And this, this one is the classic non-apology apology. apology. Uh, this person uh, tells me after the narcissist cussing and calling me names, and yelling at me, he later came back and said, well, I'm sorry for saying all these things to you, but you made me so mad. Okay. So here we have a problem that came up. And so at least this person is not saying, well, I've never had a problem before you. And the problem uh, caused the narcissist to erupt with all sorts of strain and difficulty. All right, let's pause right there. One of the things that I believe is that you can tell a lot about a person, not by watching how they manage things when everything is going right, but you can tell more about a person's character by watching how they manage conflict. And so in the midst of the conflict, this narcissistic person goes into an emotional rage, name calling and shouting and uh, cursing and things like that. And so everything settles down, whether it's 10 minutes later or the next day, whenever the narcissist comes back and says, I'm sorry. Oh, but wait, there's more. I'm sorry for saying all these things to you, but you made me so mad. Okay. That's the classic uh, non-apology apology, which of course is a nice way of saying what uh, narcissists in their haughtiness can't say I really blew it, didn't I? I lost my cool and that is not acceptable. I understand that. I get that. And if you're going to have a hard time forgiving me, I understand that too. I have a lot of work to do. They can't say that. They can't go into that space because of that haughtiness element. All right. How about the next one? Now, this is a woman going back and recalling how things were inside of her home uh, with her mother as a kid, and now the same is being spoken to her, even though she's an adult. And so this person on the receiving end of the haughty comment, uh, when, uh, would confront, when she would confront the mother and say, why do we have to do it this way? Here's what the narcissist would say. The, the narcissistic mother would say, because I'm the mother. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Okay. First of all, being a mother doesn't give you the right to be a dictator. Being a mother doesn't give you the right to pound someone into submission. Uh, for that matter, being a father, same thing. That's not the role of somebody who has that kind of influence. And, and another thing this haughty narcissist doesn't get is you actually are going to have a lot uh, greater influence in a person's life when you treat them as a significant person. And even in the midst of difficulty, you can say, I know that you and I um, differ. And as the leader in this relationship, ideally, I'd like to show you what healthy, respectful engagement looks like. Why don't we sit down and talk about it? 
No, the narcissist basically says, I'm the mother. I brought you into this world and I can take you out. Okay, let's take a look at that last phrase. I can take you out. Seriously. But that's the mindset. And of course, the only way you take them out, I guess, is to shoot them. And you're not going to do that, I, I presume. And that's the absurdity. That's what I mean when I say there's a stupid element here. That's how narcissists will think. And that's how they'll talk. And I know that there are times when many of you can just raise your hand and say, oh, yeah, I've had that something similar of that nature said to me. Okay, here's another comment that a narcissist made. And this person just, uh, they, they appeal not to their parental status necessarily, but to age anyway. And this narcissist says, well, I'm older than you, so I can disrespect you. But of course, you can never disrespect me. So somehow being older means that you have the privilege to speak in a condescending way to someone else. You know, that's part of what comes with the package. And by the way, when we say I'm older than you, is that a week older? Uh, a year and a half older, seven years older, 15 years older. I mean, where, where are we going to draw the line there, by the way? And uh, whenever you cross that magical line, it's like, ooh, I have just now earned the privilege to speak in a condescending way. I can disrespect you because of my age, but of course you can't disrespect me. That's haughty and it's downright ignorant as well. But there you have it. That's, that's not an uncommon way for some of these people to speak. Okay. Then this next one, there's haughtiness and yeah, there's an arrogance, but this, this is haughtiness and it's uh, also has denial associated with it. This next narcissistic comment, the person says, well, I know I'm not perfect, but there's nothing I need to change about myself. I don't know. The, I guess the, uh, the notion of perfection is that you are so complete that it's, you don't have to change, but of course, let's not mince uh, definitions there. So the narcissist says, I know I'm not perfect. And by the way, that's just such a lame comment across the board. Well, I'm not perfect. And typically that's just uh, a way of trying to sidestep the fact that you hurt someone. But then when they go so far as to say, but there's nothing I need to change about myself. In other words, that's their way of saying, don't you dare suggest that I need to do anything differently. And that's them saying, well, I have to stay in total control and I need to control the narrative here. And I don't want to receive any kind of input from you that might not go with that narrative. Okay. How about another one? This narcissistic comment, the person says, I'm not angry. I never get angry. And then uh, the person who wrote this in says, he, he then claims that he was just disappointed or frustrated. Okay, many of you know that I have a deep history of having given anger workshops and I've written books like The Anger Trap. And, and that's something that I know a thing or two about. And one of my, my least favorite comments is when somebody says, well, I'm not angry, I just feel frustrated. Well, what they mean is uh, in the moment of my anger, I wasn't screaming at the top of my lungs or shouting. And so we're just going to call it frustration. Frustration is a form of anger. It's just more muffled and you have varying degrees about how powerfully it's going to come out. And so if a person's not screaming at the top of their lungs, then they may say, well, I was just disappointed or I was frustrated or I was annoyed. No, you're angry. So when, this, when they say, I'm not angry, I never get angry, false, false. 
And I'm just disappointed. True. I was frustrated. True. That's all underneath your anger umbrella. Can we just get real? And the narcissist response is no, I'm not going to do that, but please don't hold me accountable. How about another one? Uh, this person, uh, it's, um, it's, it's a, um, a husband speaking to a wife who's really angry at her asked the quintessential question, well, why aren't you more intimate with me? And then in parentheses, the person who sent this comment in, uh, comment in said, this was said the day after he spent four hours yelling at me nonstop when I was giving him a gray, gray rock response. So he spends four hours one day going back and forth with the yelling and the anger and the shouting. And then the next day, it's like, seems to me that you and I need to have more intimacy. <laughs> it's like, well, I don't know. That's not exactly what we would call excellent foreplay. Uh, I don't think that's going to you know, cause somebody to say, man, this is, this is a good situation. But he doesn't get it. His haughtiness uh, disallows that. Okay. Now, this next one. <laughs> this, I, I'm going to read this to you and see if you have the, the same uh, what kind of reaction. This, this, this next one, the narcissist says, I'll take half the blame, but I sin less than you and I can prove it. Well, so much for 50-50. <laughs> so I'll take half the blame. Okay. Um, okay. But then, but I don't really uh, have nearly as much blame as you. So uh, and narcissists are chronic scoreboarders. So I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. Uh, I don't think that uh, you're taking any kind of blame at all. You're just saying that. And by the way, when you hear that word, but, but means erase what I just said. Here comes what I really mean. I take half the blame, but, okay, erase that. Uh, I sin less than you and I can prove it. Okay. On top of that, they pull the sanctimonious card on, uh, uh, above everything else. Okay. This, this next person writes in and says that the narcissist in, in their life said, you never listened to me. And then this, uh, uh, person goes on to say he'd love to control anything and everyone. And it's funny, but I never felt listened to by him. Well, you never listened to me. You know, sometimes it might be that the narcissist could say, you know, we need to listen to each other and let me begin by showing you what that's like. I'd like to hear from you. No, that's not a very uh, a good strategy if you're trying to be a narcissist and maintain control. But in their haughtiness, that's what they do. Or how about this last one here? Uh, this one, the narcissist says, well, I've changed. So now you're the one who needs to change. And so in this case, that narcissist is more or less saying, well, if I have had problems, okay, maybe I have, they're all finished now. They're complete. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm uh, completely beyond all my problems. Now it's your turn. You have to do it. It's like, no, that one doesn't smell uh, past the smell test either. Cause one of the things you don't do is you don't put your finger in someone's face and say, now nah, you'd better start changing. That's not the way it works. I'd like for you to be aware of my video courses. One is entitled Ready, Set, Connect. Now, narcissists are quite capable of throwing you off balance, so this course keeps you focused on the skills and the mindset that are necessary for positive connections. 
and inside the course, uh, we have various modules that and in, inside each module are uh, lessons and each lesson contains a video, uh, written documents, and then questions that go along with it. We'll discuss things like how to have good conflict resolution skills, building empathy, how to be the authentic self that you need to be. If you're interested in enrolling, you can go to our uh, website, survivingnarcissism.tv, click the link for courses. You'll find Ready, Set, Connect there as well as the others. I hope that you would find them to be quite helpful. And now, back to Surviving Narcissism with Dr. Carter. I want you to think, what's going on here? I, I have these comments here that have been sent in to me. These are real-life scenarios. What's going on in the side of the uh, of the mind that uh, these people that can say these haughty and absurd and ridiculous kinds of statements to you? Well, there's there's so much to unpack with respect to this. One of the things we know is that a defining feature of narcissism is the unwillingness to take mistake, uh, take responsibility for their mistakes or their miscalculations or their dysregulated emotions. You see, taking responsibility might actually require them to say, I blew it, or I was wrong, or I miscalculated, or I did something that now I, I realize was very, very inappropriate. Would you forgive me? And the uh, narcissism is defined by a, a, a sense of selfishness, a need to be in control. It's very much an image control kind of thing. They want to hide behind a false front, which means that they don't want to, anybody to go behind the curtains like the Wizard of Oz and see what's really behind that curtain. And so uh, the, uh, the common themes of narcissism are all the way through these various comments that I just made. Now, let's see if we can come up with a few uh, understandings that will help us figure out why narcissists might say the things that I've mentioned so far. First and foremost, narcissists have a problem with honesty. Narcissists are pervasively dishonest. They're dishonest first and foremost about themselves, and then they become dishonest about who you are. The, uh, the narcissist a long time ago in their life drew the conclusion, whether it was conscious or subconscious, that openness, vulnerability, honest self honesty, self-disclosure, mm, that's too risky. <laughs> I can't afford to do that. That's going to get me in trouble. And, and who knows what might have been in front of them that caused them to draw that conclusion. It may be that they were the golden child, and so they had uh, one or two people in their world that would just adore them. It's like, okay, I, I definitely can't let anybody uh, see me sweat. And so it may be that it comes from that angle. It could be that they were on the receiving end of lots of criticism and shame and guilt. It could have been that they had a very rigid uh, thou shalt and thou shalt not kind of agenda that they felt like they had to live up to. There are many different reasons that they can uh, go into this pervasive dishonesty. But narcissists decided a long time ago, you will not get to know the real me. I'll let you see the portions of me that are going to advance my selfish agenda and my, my cause. And this is what we mean when we say they live behind a false self. 
That's exactly what they're doing. They're highly defensive. They won't let you penetrate. They won't let you see what's uh, behind the walls. They're constantly justifying and rationalizing. And one of their favorite defense mechanism is blame shifting. Me, what about you? And they throw it right over to somebody else. That's just a part of the dynamic of narcissism. Okay, let's take a look at another uh, thing. Not only are they chronically or pervasively dishonest, another defining feature of narcissism is the inability to empathize. If you and I are in a conflict with one another, and if we're going to have any kind of make any kind of headway in, in making that conflict, uh, you know, getting some sort of resolution to it, it's going to require us both to have a sense of empathy. Uh, the, the reason we are in conflict is because we're not thinking the same and we're not feeling the same, and we're not interpreting the same. Empathy, by definition, means that you have a willingness to understand a person from that individual's vantage point. And that's so essential to healthy relationships. It's bridge building. So somebody can come along and say something that, that may be completely baffling to me, but I can think, well, wait a minute. Apparently, it's not baffling to you. And you have a reason for feeling as you do. And it would just make sense if I were to just slow down instead of uh, trying to foist my uh, uh, agenda onto you. Let me hear who you are. And let me, uh, let me understand how you arrived at that conclusion. And help me know what you want me to understand about you. And this is a classic illustration of uh, finding a sense of consensus through a non-control way and in the end, we wind up having a much higher probability. I'm not going to say it's going to be a perfect resolution, but you have a much higher probability of us knowing each other in a meaningful way. Empathy, though, is something that narcissists have concluded is unnecessary. And in fact, they may hardly even know what the meaning of the word is. And so they're not going to go into that. Okay. In addition, another reason that narcissists can make these haughty, and downright ignorant kind of comments is they're not really interested in making personal changes. The, one of the, the things that narcissists uh, crave is to be in the position of superiority. And so by being in the position of superiority, they have to ascribe a certain idealism to themselves. And then in addition to that, they need to have somebody that's going to come along and be uh, inferior that's where you come in. And so in their need for superiority, it's like, no, if I start talking about my faults or if I start taking responsibility for my negative contributions, that's going to require humility. And I don't do humility. In fact, I'm not sure I even know how to spell it. And so they, they're not going to make personal changes because that would require them to come off of that superiority uh, high position. And that's certainly not uh, in, their, in their desires or immediate uh, needs. In addition, <clears throat> they'll, they'll actually go a little bit further and they'll say, well, uh, actually, if you question me, then we have to automatically say somebody has to be wrong in this equation. And so it has to be you. But what they do is in their need to be superior, they turn just simple conversations into a competition. And there are times when you're talking about your feelings or your opinions or your interpretations, when it's not really a competition. It's not about who's correct, 
or who's incorrect. It's, it's all about diversity. We don't think of the same. And there are many diverse opinions or preferences that people have. Let's put it all out there and let's sift it out. Uh, but instead of saying that, they just go straight into the invalidation mode. Let me see if I can pick out what's wrong with what you just said or did, or if I have to admit a flaw in mine, then we're going to admit that uh, we're going to come up with five of yours. That's that competitive one up, one down kind of mindset. And it's so automatic. It's so subconscious. They go straight into it. And if you attempt to point it out to them, they'll look at you like you have three eyeballs and say, what? I don't even know what you're talking about. And over time, it's like, you know, you're right. You, you really don't know what I'm talking about. Now, another element that goes into the whole narcissistic pattern is their manner of uh, managing anger. Uh, it, it, do you ever feel angry? And I go back to that comment about, oh, I don't get angry. I just feel frustrated. Of course you feel angry. Now, it may not be of the loud, raucous variety, although it may be. Uh, anger can show up in so many different ways. We can have irritability and impatience and agitation, and those are kind of the milder forms of it. And then we can have the larger forms of anger when we feel betrayed or when we feel upset. And healthy individuals realize anger is a natural emotion. It's something we all experience. And sometimes we experience it with a certain validity. Some, there are some circumstances that require an angry reaction. But also healthy individuals will recognize there are uh, respectful and there are disrespectful ways that we can manage anger. There are constructive, there are destructive ways. And in, in the uh, desire to be a growing and healthy and mature person, uh, people on Team Healthy will say, well, let's see if we can manage the anger, but in a way that's going to take us down the road towards some form of resolution. Narcissist is like, no, if I feel angry, then uh, we're going to the nuclear bomb uh, thing right away. And so they can just come on with real strong insults or real strong accusations. That's how they've learned to do it. Or they can go all the way to the other extreme of the passive aggressive and they can, uh, they can stonewall you and they can shut you out. They can go into their grudge holding and the feelings of contempt they've never taken the time to ask, why do I feel angry? What's healthy? What's not healthy about it? And then as I do have some anger, what are the proper ways of dealing with it? That's of no interest to them. They have zero uh, desire to go any further than that. Uh, and then in addition to that, uh, let's just say that to the narcissist, you're just never going to be enough. Their attitude of entitlement uh, leads them to think, I want more. Okay, I want some more and a little bit more. And so they're, they're, they're constantly on a, uh, a, a, a quest to get people to meet their needs, and it's never enough. So we go back to all of these haughty comments that these narcissists have made, and we just, they're, they're eye rollers, just, they're head scratchers, like what? And as we see that that's what they're inclined toward, let, let's uh, take away a few thoughts. First, I try to remind myself that the ratio of aware to unaware people is relatively low. You're here on this podcast and you're, uh, I'm sure that there are many other efforts that you make to try to understand the you know, human nature and who you are and what, and what the wise way of dealing with what life is. And you'd like to think, well, please join me. I'd like for other folks to do it. 
And the, uh, the notion that I've drawn or the conclusion I've drawn, and I won't get into how I got here, but uh, it makes sense to me. I think maybe about 20% of the population actually puts a lot of thought into who they are and the meaning of a healthy life. Uh, and I'm not saying the, the other 80% are all narcissists. That, that'd be too broad of a brush to paint with. But a lot of people just don't think about it. Uh, they're just busy in their own concrete ways trying to make life go. And so if you're the kind of person that likes to think, you're going to be in the minority. That being said, uh, you want to drop your sense of idealism. Uh, actually, in, a, in their own strange contorted way, narcissists are operating with a sense of idealism. Uh, by that, I mean they have ideals about how they're supposed to be treated and, and what they're supposed to receive in life. And it's all very self-serving. You want to drop your idealism and, and realistically say, this is a broken world and I'm experiencing broken experiences here. It doesn't catch me off guard. And so that being the case, you want to apply your, uh, your efforts towards making relationships work with people who know what to do with you. So I hope that you can see that uh, you're dealing with individuals who are committed to alternate reality, but I'm hoping that you can have a sense, <coughs> excuse me, a sense of, uh, of healthy reality that says, I understand what's going on. I can see behind the scenes in that narcissist what they're not able to admit. And I'm going to remain as objective as I can. And I need to uh, not take cues from those people. And I need to move down the road towards my own sense of well-being. So I hope that today's uh, podcast gives you some good food for thought. I want you to be somebody that is able to stay steady. And I want you to be a person of peace. And as that narcissist comes and they bring their uh, chaos or their disarray toward you, I'm hoping you can put your hands up and say, thanks with no thanks. I'm not going to participate. All right, Team Healthy, I'll see you next time. I hope that you have a good time between now and the next time we meet again. And, uh, and remember, I, I'm so pleased that you allow me to be on your journey with you. And I, I truly mean it when I say I want you to be a person of steadiness and I want you to be a person of peace. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Surviving Narcissism. We are glad to have you on Team Healthy.